I think I'd be ignorant to say that Christianity is the only right religion. I don't know what the right religion is. It's just what I believe it is. Some people that I've met, it's just, I've had friends and, and the minute they find out about me or the minute that I, I do anything that doesn't follow their religion, I'm, they don't want anything to do with me. There's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad that can come out of it. And I'm not sure if it's from religion that the bad or the good comes out of it or whether it's the people. I respect a lot of faiths and I think that Christianity is a pillar that's influenced by the other great religions in the world. La cristianidad es muy importante porque podemos aprender valores cristianos donde no podemos, uh, donde descubrimos más acerca de nosotros. My view on anyone who claims to have a monopoly on truth is that there's no one truth about anything. I think that a lot of religions say the same thing in different ways. One of the most common accusations flung at Christians is that they are arrogant or narrow-minded. How can you believe that you're right and Hindus, Buddhists, and Muslims are all thousands of other religions are wrong? Isn't it the height of arrogance to claim that Jesus is the way to God? A way, possibly, but the way? This issue can make Christians reluctant to talk about their faith. We don't want to appear arrogant, bigoted, intolerant, or insensitive. Is Christianity too narrow? You know, as some of you know, I grew up in St. Louis. I was raised by my mother as a single parent. And each weekend, she would take me to church and to Sunday school. And often on weekends, we would jump on the train in St. Louis and go about two and a half hours south to a small town called Van Buren, Missouri, to my mom's hometown, where my grandmother lived, along with my great-grandmother and my great-grandfather. And I remember weekends that we were in Van Buren that we would walk from my grandmother's house, me and my grandmother and any other grandchildren that were there, to go to Sunday school and to church at the Methodist Church. And it was there that I learned that Jesus was the way to heaven. And as I grew older and wiser, I began to question what I had learned in Sunday school. Because I had friends who were good friends that had different faiths, that believed different things or didn't believe anything at all. And I consider them to be good people. I considered them to be okay. So I began to wonder why Christianity? Why this thing about Jesus? And as I grew into my later teens, I developed this desire to stay out late on Saturday night, which made sleeping in on Sunday the wise thing to do. In fact, as a young man growing, I needed my 10 to 12 hours sleep, and so for health considerations, I slowly stopped going to church on Sunday mornings. And by the time I got to college, I had stopped going altogether. But that didn't stop me from talking about religion and talking about Jesus. I remember often staying up late into the night with doormates and roommates, having discussions about Christianity, about Jesus, about other religions. And it was this question, is Christianity too narrow? It's the one that bothered me the most. 
I mean, I believed in Jesus. I believed Jesus was the way. But I was bothered by the fact that he was possibly the only way and what that meant for those that didn't believe in Jesus. And so I was stupefied as how to answer this question. But nonetheless, even though I didn't have an answer then, I have learned that there are answers to this question, answers that I would love to explore this morning. So how do we respond to the question or, or oftentimes the idea that Christianity is too narrow? Well, first I need, I believe we need to be honest and we just need to admit that Christianity is narrow. In fact, all religions and anyone who make a, makes a truth claim are inherently narrow. When asked similar questions, Ravi Zacharias, Christian author and apologist, responds this way. He says, the truth is by definition exclusive. Anytime you make a truth claim, you mean something contrary to it is false. Truth excludes its opposite. Something cannot be true and false at the same time. It is logically inconsistent. Truth by its very nature is exclusive. All religions make truth claims. The world's four major religions make truth claims. Christianity says the only way to be made right with God is through faith in Jesus. Islam says the only way to Allah is to do more good deeds than bad deeds. Hinduism says to reach God, each person is required to pay the karmic debt of the previous life. And Buddhism says the only way to reach nirvana, that heightened sense of understanding, is to, extinct, that it, to extinguish the self, is to understand life is an illusion. Christianity says it's by faith. Islam says it's by good deeds. Hinduism says it's through karma. And Buddhism says it's by understanding. Each of these world religions has a unique truth claim. They cannot all be true. The same is true of all religions. Even the universalist faith has a truth claim. The universalist says there is no right way, that all ways are equally valid. But isn't the claim that there is no right way a truth claim? Are they not excluding the people who say there is one way? Universalism excludes the Christian, the Muslim, the Jew, who say there is only one way. Therefore, universalism is by definition narrow because it excludes its opposite. Truth claims by their very nature do exactly that. Even the person who claims there is no such thing as absolute truth is making a truth claim. They're excluding those that claim there is such thing as absolute truth. And so by their own definitions, they themselves are narrow-minded. So we must concede that Christianity, like all religions, is narrow. It is not arrogant to make a truth claim. Jesus himself said the very same thing. One of the most famous 
quotes from Jesus is found in John chapter 14, verse 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is saying, he's the only way. There is no other way to salvation, to heaven, to eternity with God. That sounds kind of narrow. And Peter, as recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 12, says, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Again, you have to admit that sounds kind of narrow. And to be even more specific, Jesus' words recorded in Matthew's gospel Chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, where Jesus himself says, Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. All religions make exclusive claims. All religions are inherently narrow. Christianity is narrow. But while Christianity is similar to all other religions in that it makes a truth claim, I believe it stands different than all other religions. And the first reason is that I believe Christianity is the most inclusive in its claims and inclusive in its offers of salvation. Peter says, as recorded in his epistle, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The offer of salvation in Christ, in Christianity, is for everyone. God desires everyone to be saved. Christianity is not just for the most devoted the most enlightened. It's not just for those with good karma. Christianity is not about adhering to a set of rules. It's about a person. It's an invitation to a relationship. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way, the truth, the life is a person not a set of rules. He doesn't say, I'll show you the way, or I have a truth, or there is life. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Christianity is about a relationship and an invitation to everyone into that relationship with God because God desires to live in relationship with his creation. And I would argue that in our most meaningful relationships, we like narrow. We like exclusive. In areas like food and clothing and music, we like choices. I like the fact that there are 50 different choices for breakfast cereal. And the fact that I don't have to listen to the same music every day. I have choices. We like pluralism when it comes to food. I love the fact that there are a plethora of cuisines in the Chicagoland area that from Ethiopian to Mexican to Indian, 
than just good old-fashioned hamburgers. We have choices. When it comes to rules, however, we kind of want to throw off rules. We don't like all of these options. In fact, if you only have to look back into the beginning of man, into the Genesis account where God gives Adam and Eve one rule, and that one rule was one too many. When it comes to things like food, we love choices. When it comes to things like rules, we want to throw off all restraint. But I would say when it comes to relationships, we want narrow. We want exclusive. Let me give you some examples. For the sake of this example, consider yourself a father whose daughter comes to you when she's of dating age, say 26. She says, Dad, I would love your advice about dating. And your response is, sweetheart, my suggestion is date them all. Date them all, because they're no different. Doesn't matter if they have a job, if they don't have a job, if they're educated, if they're not educated, if they're 10 years younger, 30 years older. I I say try each and every one of them, because they're all the same. It doesn't make any difference. You can't go wrong with your choices. Or how about that other relationship between a man and a woman where there's this thing called marriage and you make these vows to one another and the one says to the other, I will love you and honor you and cherish you the rest of my life and I will forsake all others for you. And the person facing you looks at you and says, well, I'm not so sure about that. That seems kind of narrow. That seems like you're asking me to be exclusive and I don't know, that's kind of an arrogant thought that you would think that you and I would be the only one for each other the rest of our lives. In our most meaningful relationships, we want exclusive. We desire narrow because we have come to understand that there is uniqueness in those relationships and there's a depth of love and understanding that only comes in the exclusive. Because you and I were created to live in an exclusive relationship with one God. God desires that we would be exclusive with him, that we would have no other gods but him. For it is an exclusive relationship with him that we discover what he desires for us to understand, his love. And that relationship that he longs for us to experience can be found only in him. He has always desired to be our person. And the person who made that possible is Jesus Christ. Jesus' words in John chapter three, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It was through Jesus giving his own life for whoever would believe in him that we would have salvation in a relationship with God now and forever. It was Jesus Christ that made this relationship possible by coming and dying our death. Not just for perfect people, but for imperfect people. 
Not just for those with understanding, but those who lack understanding. Not to just those who have good karma, but broken down people. Christianity is not about a set of right behaviors, karma, or enlightenment. It's about a relationship with Jesus. All other religions are about reaching God. Christianity is about how God has come to reach you. God desires for you to experience his love, to understand your purpose in life, and to spend eternity with him. Christianity is about the unbelievable lengths that God has gone to have a relationship with you in spite of your doubts, your failures, or your pride. Christianity is not about what we must do. It's about what God has done. And that offer is for everyone. Yes, Christianity is narrow, but it's inclusive. Its offer of salvation is for everyone, and the offer of salvation for everyone who believes. And it is personal. It is to a relationship with God. But it is also unique. It is unique because of the person of Jesus Christ. No other religion claims that God became man and died in man's place. In Christianity, God pays. In all other religions, you pay. Christianity is narrow. It is also inclusive, personal, and unique. So how do we have a conversation with this person that says, I would be ignorant to say that Christianity is the only right religion, that Christianity is just too narrow. Well, I believe first that we must see that this conversation is only the beginning. But what an amazing beginning. The first thing we must do is we need to drop to our knees and we need to pray and thank God for the opportunity to have a conversation like this to be able to speak to someone with a different worldview, a different understanding, someone who does not understand Jesus. And we need to pray that Jesus reminds us every step of this conversation that the person that we're speaking with is in fact a person. And being a human being, they have intrinsic value value that God has given them because he has created them in his image. And therefore, they are valuable in God's eyes. And so we need to treat them that way, with respect and honoring the image of Christ in them. We need to treat them with respect, and the best way that we can do that is by listening. Listening to their question. And I believe if we can learn to listen well, I think we'll find often that we're asking more questions of them than they ask of us. It's through questioning the questioner that Jesus reveals within the questioner the assumptions that they make about him and about religion. We need to take a page out of Jesus' book 
literally a page out of his book and ask questions, to be a great listener, but to ask great questions. James says in his letter that we should be quick to listen and slow to speak. But at some point, we must speak. We should answer the question by introducing them to Jesus, humbly showing them with your words what the Bible says about Jesus, what he taught, and how he lived. We can explain also from our own story how Jesus truly understands what it means to be human. From our own story, we can explain how Jesus understands the human condition. How even though I rejected his plan, he has not rejected me. Which means though, even though you may have experienced Christians rejecting you, God has not rejected you. God truly loves you. That's why Jesus says, it's about a relationship with a God who loves you. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we need not be ashamed to admit that Christianity is narrow because it is inclusive and personal and unique. And we echo the words of the Apostle Paul when he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone. To everyone. To everyone who believes. But what do you say when that person looks at you and says, okay, all right, but you know what? I'm not so sure I buy this whole Jesus is really God thing. I'm not sure I'm there. What do you say? Well, here's what I say. Come back next week because that's where we're gonna take up this conversation. Next week, we're going to address the question, is Jesus really God? Come back next week. Amen.